0: Welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania podcast. I'm AJ, and I'm Gavin. Hello,
1: hello. Happy How holidays! Are you?
0: Happy holidays! Yes, we are uh, in a. <laughs> I'm in a different recording situation than I normally am. Good news is. My wonderful girlfriend, Jessica, calls me all excited. She got off work like three hours early. That's always a nice holiday surprise. Uh, so she's on her way home. I'm like, that's great. We're going to start recording. So I'll wait till you get home. That way, you know, the garage door doesn't, you know, because it's really loud. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to wrap presents. And my recording situation is I have a studio, or excuse me, I have a loft, which is like my office space where I record. The only problem is there's no door, obviously, and it's open all the way to downstairs where she'd be rapping. And, you know, she's so sweet. sweet. She's like, oh no, it's fine. I'll be really quiet. And I'm like, I'm sure you will, but the mic will still pick everything up. So I have now switched over to our master bedroom closet, which actually has much better acoustics. We tried in here one other time, but... Actually, it was due to technical errors. I believe it came out so bad, not the closet itself. So now this may actually become my new recording space.
1: Well, Let's see how it goes. And you know, our, our apartment setups are quite similar. I'm in the upstairs loft without doors as well. Yes. Um, Emily is back east, but Otis, the our, our dog, is downstairs. I've taken him on multiple walks. Uh-huh. I shouldn't say his name. I've thrown. I've thrown a four-letter word to him, so let me just rephrase the B A L L. We're not going to say that word as well. There you go. So he's he's downstairs resting right now.
0: Nice. He gave him some gave him some doggy uh, doggy weed, just doggy doggy treats, doggy treats. The real doggy treats. Nice and, so, and chill and mellow.
1: So he should be nice and quiet. But his uh, his snoring is probably like Jessica's rapping. So hopefully he
0: doesn't <laughs> snore.
1: There's no master closet, ma- master bedroom closet in this apartment.
0: Yeah. I, I feel you, my man. So, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, happy holidays. We're recording. It's uh, two days before Christmas, so it's Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, I had the day off today, which is fantastic. Uh, I was definitely exhausted. I'm drinking a cup of afternoon coffee, which I don't normally do. But uh, the reason why is as of this year, 1130 this morning, I finished my fifth two-a-day this week. So wow, I've been That's great. Yeah, in preparation for the gluttony that is Christmas weekend. Uh, and just because, you know, I love to train and, uh, our busy time at work kind of finished up last week. So, uh, I've had a little more free time. So I've just, you know, I, I've done two days all week and then tomorrow I'll have like one final big workout before we leave for Christmas festivities. And yeah, but, uh, I did my normal weights this morning and then I did hot yoga pretty much right afterwards, which I never usually do, but just due to my schedule this morning. So I'm feeling it. It was a good hot yoga class too, man. It was, it was intense. So I hit the weights this morning and then I did hot yoga and, uh, I feel That's I great. Felt, I felt tired, but a That's good really, kind of tired. You know what I mean? Like, I, I earned do. this.
1: That That is uh, so. Last night, I played my first 11-a-side, which is full field soccer in at least four years. And if I'm being honest, probably in six years. So I did play some competitive soccer, indoor soccer, which is five-a-side, uh, right before the lockdown, up to the lockdown, and they shut down that field. Uh, played some competitive, not really competitive, but played some nice light soccer Wednesday nights here and there seven aside, but first time playing 11 aside with some really stellar athletes last night, some high school kids, some, uh, full grown adults. And, uh, it felt great to be back the first half. I didn't know where the, how far the f- how wide the field was. I kept like letting the ball roll out, et cetera. But second half I got to play well and, uh, Last play of the game, I went into goal and took a shot off of my chest and trapped the ball, which felt good. It felt like I was getting back. But I got to tell you, today I'm feeling like that dehydration <laughs> headache.
0: Oh, yeah, those that's the worst. And even for me, obviously, having just done hot yoga and my studio yeah. that we're going to now since we've moved to the Fresno area. They keep it hot, which I love, but good God, you know, you, you forget you sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I, I was, I looked at my watch cause you know, I had the Apple watch going. I was like, it's 25 minutes. That's halftime. I'm like, no, that's halftime for seven aside. It's 45 minutes per half.
0: So it's yeah. like, I did so, not bring enough water. Well, yeah. And then yesterday, part of my two days, uh, was, I did conditioning in the morning, like uh, my circuit training, sprint work, Mm -hmm. and then went to the kickboxing gym because we were doing sparring at the gym. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, and we have uh, one of our fighters, the heavyweight uh, fighter at our gym, also who's getting ready for a title fight in MMA. He's an MMA fighter. Uh, He's a big heavyweight, but he he moves with a karate kickboxing style, very deceptive, very fast, very talented guy. So I, we, you know, did sparring drills, and then we finished, well, there was like five of us. We did five rounds of regular sparring. And then we did uh, round robin uh, rounds with also, but every time we were sparring with him, he wanted to do MMA gloves because he needs to get used to it. So yep. uh, at first he asked me if I'd be willing to. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm just like, no. And then I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. Sure. Because he's like, OK, I will, you know, hit hard to the head, obviously. Let me tell you. And for once again, for people that don't know, I've competed exclusively in Muay Thai and kickboxing K1 rules, which is normal, you know, uh, 10 ounce gloves Mm -hmm. as opposed to tiny in four ounce MMA gloves. So I've never even hit pads with MMA gloves before. I've done bag work with what they call bag gloves. I have bag gloves, the tiny like old school boxing ones, which are maybe maybe those are like six ounces. I'm not sure. But. This was my first time ever moving around with MMA, with MMA gloves, and it, it changes the dynamic completely. And one time, he popped me right in the nose. It feels different, let me tell you. Uh, but it was a trip because I put my hands out a lot, you know, to, to gauge distance, to kind of almost stiff arm. But then I have to remember with MMA gloves, I'm like, oh, those are fingers. I don't want to poke anybody in the eyes. But it was, it was a fun uh, experience. But, yeah, I was definitely maybe even getting dehydrated there because the last round I got a super bad calf cramp which lasted all the way through this morning, I thought, Oh, I pulled, oh. I knew I didn't pull something because I was still able to move a hundred percent. And it just, I could feel the knot. So it was more like a really bad cramp, which has already subsided. So that's good. But long story short, I've had a long week of training. You've had a long week of physical activity, dehydration. Don't let it happen to you. Drink water. It's, and if you're training extra hard, drink even more water.
1: Yeah. Pre pre drink. So literally, you know, you've heard the pre-workout. The best pre-workout for me is water because I need to, I should have been drinking like water, maybe a couple hours out. I was just, you know, had a regular glass. Again, I just thought we'd be playing for an hour, two 25 minute halves, not, not 90 minutes. So I was not prepared.
0: It, Hey, it, uh, that's sort of like when you show up to kickboxing and be like, son, gear up. We're sparring today. Yep. You're doing five rounds. (laughs) <laughs> With the champ. Okay. Thanks, Sensei. Uh, but anywho, uh, let's go into some news. Any current news? Uh, big news, actually. From, I can't remember if this was last week or the week before. We just didn't bring it up last week. But obviously, Michelle Yeoh is getting a lot of great attention and traction right now. She was on, was it Time Magazines, like one of their people of the year, or Variety? Um, Yes. One of those magazines. We
1: we brought that up, I think, last week, and I have now, it has left my mind. But like,
0: but did we bring up the Golden Globe nominations? We did not bring that up. I don't think we did. And if we did, people, sorry, I'm going to repeat. So, for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Michelle Yeoh has been nominated for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy. And Jonathan Chuan has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Excellent. And... I said this after I saw it and I'm pretty sure I told you I was like dark horse nominee, best supporting actor in the Academy Awards, Jonathan Kehoutron for after immediately after I watched it. And for some reason in my head, you know, Michelle Yeoh is so fantastic, but I guess it's kind of just like I assumed she wouldn't get the recognition she deserved just because in the past she's been passed up. But it looks like finally at this point in her career She's getting recognized for the phenomenal performer, actress that she is. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine she will get an Oscar nomination. I'd love to see her win. And I'd love to see Jonathan Kihuchan win as well because he's just so good in it. And I need to rewatch it. I I picked it up on Blu-ray for on Black Friday. But we need to just find a good time to watch it. Uh,
1: my question for you is, how long did he leave the industry? How, long, oh God, how many he, decades was
0: that? I was watching or reading an interview with him. And I want to say he hadn't done anything since uh, in front of the camera since the early 2000s. I want to say maybe there was one tiny like walk-on role thing he had done. Yeah, but, probably
1: like in something like How I Met Your Mother, I could imagine him see, having like a walk-in. Yeah,
0: but I'm pretty sure it had been like 20 years. Yeah, since he had
1: a, a real meaty role, yeah. a proper,
0: proper role deserving of his talent. He had done some behind-the-scenes stuff, and he had actually done some assistant like fight choreography with Corey mm-hmm. Ewan uh, mm-hmm. on X-Men, <laughs> surprisingly enough. Because for people that don't know, he's a real-life martial artist. Now, he didn't start off necessarily, but I mean, kind of – he started off in the movies because he was so young. He started learning – taekwondo with philip tan on the set of indiana jones and the temple of doom and just kept learning and became a student of uh Liang, aka flash likes tan one of my favorite kung fu stars who Mm -hmm. had a school in monterey park la area for years and obviously he was an amazing he is an amazing martial arts performer (laughs) we have a tendency to like every time at gavin's house put on breathing fire which is one of our all-time favorite b movies that he's the star of he also did a uh martial arts film in Taiwan. I think he did a couple actually. Mm -hmm. So, and, in Hong Kong. So he's a legitimate, amazing martial artist, but he's also a fantastic actor.
1: That that's, that's what's so phenomenal. And I mean, I think we'll probably get into this a little bit in today's episode, but that's what's so phenomenal about, uh, about him as an artist. He, the, the artist in him, inside of him wasn't blocked. It was just waiting for an outlet and he, boy, did he let it out in, uh, in everything everywhere all at once.
0: Yeah. So otherwise martial arts news, mostly you and I catching up on some movie viewing the last few days as we do this end of year recap, top five martial arts moments of 2022, uh, New Year episode. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a goulash, as my dad used to call it, Uh, you know, (laughs) when I'd make my meals. I'd just throw everything into a bowl and just heat it up, and he used to call it a goulash. So this is kind of a goulash episode. We're just throwing everything out there, doing a recap of the year, our favorite martial arts moments, and obviously in the last few days, you and I caught up on at least one film that we had both desperately been wanting to watch. I actually purchased it. I'm not sure if you did. It was only $3 more to buy it. I should have purchased it. Yeah, Uh, Totally worth it because we were not disappointed in that one. Otherwise, let's go ahead and go into the movie quote. You have a movie quote for me today.
1: I do have a movie quote or a screen quote. Hint, it could be from television or from film. Oh, okay.
0: Kung Fu, the legend continues. David Carradine.
1: You got it. Yes. Here's the next one. (laughs) (laughs) If you leave, you will live. If you stay you will
0: die Michael Parks Walker Texas Ranger
1: right show wrong actor dang it very right very much right show very oh. good
0: if you leave, if you stay you will die James Liu on Walker Texas Ranger
1: no but dang i'm it. trying to think which episode he was in
0: James Liu was in the yakuza one where George Chung is uh, the bodyguard for the girl. And then
1: I feel like that's episode that's season four or five or six, somewhere in there. This is season five.
0: Oh, season five. Okay. Marshall Teague. No, he popped up so many times (laughs) every, every season, Richard Norton.
1: (laughs) No, you're getting, you're, you're running out of names. So you're getting closer. Okay.
0: Classic villains.
1: I think, I think this, this actor is definitely, uh, could be chosen among many to be a very good villain.
0: Oh, oh, I, I see your, your hint you did there. Uh, so I know the episode as well. Hold on. I want to look up the name of the episode because, uh, do, 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 but I see what you did there. Mm, mm, mm. Let's see. Oh, and by the way, I mean, Yuji Okamudo, uh, yes, is the one who says the quote, but I'm trying to yes. find the episode name. It's such a good episode, by I the know. way. Okay. What's the name of the episode? Uh, never gonna find it's it.
1: uh, episode. It's season five, episode one. Uh, I didn't get the name. Oh, okay. But so it's the one with the, with the, with the boy who's right. been, uh,
0: the Tibetan monk boy and, uh, Julia Nixon souls in it and Aki along, right? Does he play? Or no, yes. Mako. Is it Mako, Mako or?
1: No, it's not Mako. Um, and I don't think it's
0: Aki. I don't know. I, th- I think you're right. It's not. Oh, it's not. It's the the guy from Blind Fury, the master from Blind Fury, the Vietnamese swordsmaster. That actor, the little bald guy, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, obviously the hint Gavin gave me was chosen to be so. Uh, yeah, definitely great. They have a great fight in that, right? They do have a very good fight. Yeah. Is is that the one also that has the the Asian twins that are like two of his yes. henchmen? Yes. Yes. They're very good.
1: It's a it's it's a great it's a great film. Or a great film. It could have been a film. It was a great episode, and it opens up with uh, you know Walker beating up some uh, some prejudiced racist. Uh, at the carnival. At the carnival. It's so back I mean, to it, me. it's, it's chock all... full of uh, chock full of action scenes, but it's also just like it's one of those heart tuggers. You know, it's yeah. the
0: one, the, they don't tug your heart. I think it's in the next episode where because this is their first episode, right, with this character uh, with the young boy. Yes, I think in the next episode. Mako plays her dad and there's another oh. some like chinese artifact with artifact with mystical powers and the one boy is trying to steal it to save his sister I could be wrong but I guess this just means I need to rewatch Walker Texas Ranger in its entirety oh, there you again. go That's a great thing to do when you're in between employment, which right now I am not. So, maybe the next time. (laughs) I
1: was. So, instead of pulling a Yuji Okamoto. uh, Okamoto? Okamoto? Yeah. I'm sorry. Okamoto quote, I was going to actually pull a Brad Alt Sean Cannon quote. But I'm like, nah. I can't pull two from Walker, Texas Ranger.
0: That's all right. That's all right. Okay. Um, Cool. All right. So, that was our quote. We just had one today.
1: Just one today. It was
0: pretty difficult. So, I mean... Difficult to narrow it down to the exact.
1: Yeah, you got the you got the show pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I, I had a feeling. I had a good feeling. Anywho, so yeah, let's go in. We're we're kind of on different pages with the theme of this episode. I made the mistake of thinking we were doing our typical top five. Gavin was kind of thinking an end of year recap, so it's going to be a combination. I have assembled my top five martial arts moments of. 2022, which can be movies, could be training, could be anything martial arts mm-hmm. related. And you have also assembled your highlights for the year, which obviously in relation to this podcast, the assumption would be they are martial arts related.
1: Yes, I think that's very fair.
0: So how do you want to tackle this beast? Well,
1: uh, I have a few moments that I wrote down, so I'll just like in no particular order. We'll do the Miss Top Five. Okay. And you want to do so many honorable mentions?
0: Yeah, I do I mean, have I we... two honorable mentions. Let me pull up my list real quick here. So... Doo, 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 doo. Oh, I forgot to write down the second one. <laughs> okay, I so suspect, my first... I suspect or one of our honorable mentions is the same. Okay, it's possible. It's possible. So my honorable mention right off the top, though, is... Our second New Beverly screening we went to this year, uh, which was in July, I believe, at the end of July or beginning of August, because I had just finished my tenure at Anytime Fitness and mm-hmm. came down for an amazing double screening of Seven Warriors and Burning Ambition at the New Beverly Cinema. Once again, always a great trip. We always have a good time. Could have easily made the top five list. It was, an, it was amazing Rewatching Seven Warriors and having a newfound appreciation for it and seeing it on the big screen, which we did a whole episode on that. So you can go back and listen to that episode from four or five months ago. And then it was also just awesome seeing Burning Ambition for the first time, a film that is typically kind of harder to get a hold of. Very interesting film that jumps all over the place in terms of kind of being it's a hardcore triad drama, yet also has moments of comedy throughout with some incredibly hard hitting Action which is the norm for a Frankie Chan vehicle. Yeah. Uh I have the same honorable mention as well for the
1: same reasons. I mean, it was just it was a great weekend and a great double feature, particularly for me, uh Burning Ambition, which, as you mentioned, is a little bit all over the place and kind of steeped in a little bit of craziness. But that's you wanna you wanna check out a Frankie Chan movie, be ready for crazy.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I remember what my second honorable mention was, which could have easily been the number one moment. But the only reason I'm making an honorable mention is because we just did a whole episode on it (laughs) two episodes ago. So that's L.A. Comic-Con. So so great. Yeah, so great. I mean, that was a highlight of the year. Would easily make this list, but we did a whole episode devoted to it two episodes ago or so. So honorable mention L.A. Comic-Con. You can go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already probably most of you have because we have a lot of new listeners from that weekend which is great. Thank you once again to everybody. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, share with your friends, other super fan friends. We're really going to be expanding in 2023. So definitely keep an eye out. But yeah, that was my second honorable mention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was uh it was just really a fantastic weekend. If if for nothing else just the amount of like feeling like Honest work and like making feel making the podcast feel tangible, not just in this virtual uh, room that we have set up. Whether it's in your closet or or in my bedroom or your upstairs office in my my work office, that it just really brought the the podcast to reality for me, and it was uh, just a fantastic experience talking to people, engaging with people.
0: Heck yeah! All right, so should we get into this top five list? Let's get it on. So my number five is what I'm calling the return of the fighters. So Mm. in 2022, two of my favorite fighters had big comebacks. That would be six time world kickboxing champion Gabriel Varga, who made his debut in karate combat and also just fought last weekend. Which we talked about uh, in our recording. Did we talk about it in our recording? No, we we haven't talked since that fight since last weekend. We haven't. Oh my gosh, time's just been a blur recently. So I'll definitely be addressing that here in a second. So he made his debut back in I think maybe September in Karate Combat. He had been out of the ring for about three years. Last fighting uh, and winning the Bellator kickboxing title. And then Bellator kickboxing is kind of folded at this point. I'm sure they'll maybe bring it back. But as of right now, Bellator MMA is still going, but they haven't really done any shows, I want to say, in like three years. So, anywho, he, you know, decided to join Karate Combat kind of as that next Venture in his martial arts journey already extremely well accomplished. Once again, six time world kickboxing champion, two time glory champion, Bellator champion. He could have easily gone over to one championship and fought kickboxing over there. But he's talked, he has a great YouTube channel, by the way. Everybody check that out Gabriel Vargas, uh, YouTube. It is exclusively fight related content, training related content, and stuff like that. It's funny, he actually. And he's talked about this. He's he's not as, you know, like, obviously it's not martial arts movie stuff, right? He doesn't really, he's, there's been a few episodes where I'll talk briefly about that. But as far as a training channel goes, it's really hard to find one better than his. It's really good. Bazooka Joe also has a great one, but I just really like Gabriel Vargas channel. So anywho, he had, he kind of has talked about it. You know, he, he reached the pinnacle in kickboxing. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like what's that next step? He was never really, he had I think he did a few MMA fights, but wasn't really into it. So his background is actually Shotokan karate. So he's a black belt in Shotokan. He grew up doing karate and before transitioning to kickboxing. So he's a perfect fit. He is a legitimate karate black belt. He decided to go into karate combat, had a great Debut. It was, you know, adjusting to the rules still. And then he just fought last weekend. Fantastic performance. An early head clash opened up a huge gash on the top of his head, bleeding profusely. You know, the kind that could end a fight. Luckily, it was up on his head as opposed to close to his eyes or anything. And he dominated his opponent. Uh, At one point, he threw a killer left hook that literally spun him 360. (laughs) <laughs> and did some amazing grounding pound until he finally got the TKO in the third. As he said, he's still adjusting to the rule set. It's definitely a little bit different. The rules of karate combat, everyone should check it out. The next event, it's free on YouTube. Fantastic new fight league. But yeah, he's 2-0 and o now. He's talking about doing another fight to really get the hang of the new rules and then maybe get that title shot. But also, it's really hard for him to find opponents because people don't want to fight him because... Yeah, he's a six-time world kickboxing champion that is just so technically sound, it's hard to find holes in his game. And he's a phenomenal athlete, really inspirational in the way he approaches training and his diet and everything else. So, yeah, that's one fighter. The second fighter, everybody knows, I already talked about this, I think, a couple episodes ago. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson making a triumphant return to the win column with his career-defining performance against Kevin Holland. It was just amazing to see Wonderboy get to be Wonderboy again. He had Mm -hmm. a rough go of it in the previous year, facing two... Very strong grapplers, and once again, it's MMA. I'm not one of those people that's like, you should stand and bang with him if you were a real man. No, these guys are super smart. They're not going to stand and strike with Wonder Boy, who's one of the greatest MMA strikers of all time. You know, uh, 50 and 0 something kickboxing record, Waco World mm-hmm. Champion. They're they're smart. They don't want to strike with him. So you know, they've they've kind of found this formula, and unfortunately, the welterweight division in the UFC is very grappler heavy right now so it, it's tough but it was great to see him fight a top tier guy and them go toe-to-toe striking and get to see that wonder boy is still just as good as he ever was so that's the other thing for me both these guys gabriel varga is 37 steven wonder boy thompson is 39 and they're proving that they're still at the top of their game which makes me feel good being 35 and you know, having a little less wear and tear, I'd say, obviously from lack of a long-term professional career like they've had. So it gives me hope for my future endeavors.
1: No, and I think that first of all, I just want to say that's absolutely justified hope. I, I remember how at one point people were, when they were talking about Kobe Bryant, how he was, you know, started having a lot of wear and tear on him, but he came out of high school into the league at the age 18. Whereas, you know, there are other athletes who joined the league later. So had time to actually fully develop. And and sort of be adults when they joined the league and they were able to extend their careers longer. So there's absolutely like the idea of not having that professional wear and tear and how well you take care of yourself. These and these two guys, these two legends are like great examples for what for what can be done.
0: Yeah. And especially because both of them, same thing. They they started super early, like Kobe. Wonder Boy started had his first kickboxing match at, I think, 16. And I'm not sure when Varga had his first one, but he had obviously grown up doing karate and stuff. So, yeah, just awesome to see them back in the win column. So that was a big, a big plus for me in terms of martial arts moments in 2022. So, uh, do you want to do a number five or yeah let's,
1: yeah, let's definitely do it. All right. So, so for me, number five, it's it's always a great pleasure when Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham and uh, our teammate. Herman Balthazar, uh, one of his top students, one, you know, sort of my, my, you and you and here has sent my senpai, Mm. um, when you guys come out to train the dancers, of course, they did it a few times early in the spring. We just did one recently, but, um, at the end of the semester, at the end of, uh, the semester last year, May, um, we scheduled it for like a two and a half hour, three hour block for. Pete and Herman to come out to the beach, train the dancers. Half the day, half of the dancers, while the other half went on to the beach and did a uh, a yoga stretch class. And then the, we we switched it up. So it was a really it's really great to see their first class and to see them, you know, over the course of like seven months, take you know six classes. You know, there you should take more if you wanted it to be your career, but just to see how far they come within within that short amount of time and to kind of celebrate what they can do with some really great tricks. So that was, uh, probably my number five, uh, martial art moment of the year is getting the, getting the kids out to the beach and, and just having a day of like, of basically stretching with stretch and high kicks.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, Obviously, as someone I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, I love yoga. I'm a proponent of hot yoga. I love the heat and, you know, the therapy it does for the body. But just getting to go to the beach also, that's another underrated training uh, tool in a sense. As I said, one of the fights where I had the best conditioning, I was training twice a week with Herman on the Mm -hmm. beach. Very, you know, low intensity, just uh, methodical training, a lot of technical work. But I would sometimes be so exhausted after those training sessions. I'm like, what's going on? But it's, you know, in the sand when you're training in the sand. It's like weights on your feet that affect your whole body. But that being said, it's just so therapeutic also being close to the water. I know
1: it's fantastic. And I mean, you know, the there isn't wear and tear on the joints, but it's like the muscles are just taking on so much so much of the of the training. But you're absolutely right. Have, and then being able to mix that with, you know, basically 75 minutes of yoga, yeah. 75 minutes of kickboxing is just a really nice uh, putting the two two together hand in hand. It's, it was just a really
0: great experience. Badass, my man. I love it. That's a great one. OK, so I guess moving on to number four, do 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 do. My number four is. And this is going to be funny because people are going to be like, what is that up to thing? Finally getting a region free Blu ray player. So, what you may say is, well, how's that a martial arts moment? Well, let me tell you uh-huh. first of all, and I mentioned this, I think, a few episodes back, thank you to the other Wing Chun guy, Topher, in Florida, who recommended this particular one to me because for years now, I've been wanting to get a ton of these Blu rays coming out. In the UK, so companies like Eureka Films, 88 Films, these uh, what they call like boutique labels that are re-releasing these classics, they just haven't been available in America. Arrow Video has done a few of them, but I was just... I had waited long enough and I'm like, they're never going to get released here. So I finally buy my region free player. And for the last six months, I've just been dropping a lot of money on a lot of fantastic Blu-rays, but worth every penny because I've just had so much joy catching up on some classics that I loved, you know, some that I haven't had versions of since the VHS ones I had as a kid. And on top of that, Mm -hmm. most of these have what they call the classic English dub that I talk about a lot. The version I grew up watching, And on top of that, you usually have the option of either the Cantonese, English or Mandarin version. So it's good if it's one I didn't necessarily even grow up watching. I can still watch the classic English dub because it's the same voice actors that I recognize. Or I can practice my Mandarin and watch in Mandarin. Or if it's one that I actually grew up watching in Cantonese, like I had a DVD version of it originally, then I can watch it in Cantonese. There's great audio commentary. I was just this morning listening to the audio commentary uh, by Frank Jang on Tiger Cage 2. Okay. So that was awesome. But the funny part is in the last like month or so suddenly a bunch of these films are now going to become available in America this year uh and it's interesting sometimes and i don't know how this works exactly 88 films will release them in the UK and then suddenly Eureka is now releasing some of them in America and vice versa. So I'm not sure how one gets the rights to that region and then the rights here. That being said, not all of them will be released. Some of the big ones are. And I still have no regrets because now the nice part is I don't have to worry about when it's coming out or where it's coming out. I can just get the films as soon as they come out. So I don't have to wait, oh, six months to a year or hope that it'll eventually get released. In America and yeah, there might be maybe special features will change slightly. I doubt it. I'd imagine they're just going to recycle these recent audio commentaries and so forth. But and also, Arrow Films is now releasing some of these uh films that 88 and Eureka have done over the last couple of years. So, either which way, I now have the option to always be able to watch any of these films that come out, no matter what, no regrets. And it's, you know, interesting. Maybe now I can also look into buying some old DVD copies, like European ones from Germany and stuff of Mm -hmm. classics that, like, for example, I've had in my shopping list on Amazon Prime, a German double DVD of China O'Brien one and two, because two, I haven't had a copy of since my taped off of TV version from 20 something years ago that unfortunately, you know, got lost years ago. That is hard to get your hands on. So... That's a huge moment for me. I, my library of films of Blu-rays has, I don't even know, quadrupled in the last few months. And I just always, if I need my fix, I always have something to watch now, which is great. Whereas before, sometimes I had a limited amount of Blu-rays or I had to do a lot of repeats. Now I just have so many great ones. And once again, doesn't matter when or where it comes out. I now have the option to watch them.
1: No, that that's absolutely fantastic because i I I used to have a region free DVD player, and uh, as did I. I mean, it was just fantastic. You could just go down to I could go down to the little Tokyo um, video store, grab a few films, plop them in, and just what whatever Japanese film was being released right then and there. And and the one thing that uh that I will say about our program is. When I lost the region free DVD player because it was at my work um, and it broke, so uh, when that happened, you start to fall behind on films, and Mm -hmm. it's really hard to stay stay up to speed, up to par with everything that's coming out. And being able to have that region free player just really, it's not just good for yourself, but it's also good for the films that we need to watch to be able to talk about it. and just it really widens the horizon. So I'm really happy for you.
0: Yeah, for for me, it was kind of a blessing in disguise when my region for free DVD player finally went kaput, because when I moved back from China in 2016, I just brought the DVD player I had of bought over there with me knowing that it was region free because I had some of my American DVDs with me in my travels in Asia, my go to films. So when I first moved back, no problem. I can watch all the DVDs I had bought in Hong Kong, uh, the ones in China, which were unfortunately usually like bootlegs, but I mean, that's cause that's all that's sold there. But my ones that I bought in Hong Kong were all legitimate. Uh, I forget what the label was, but anywho that I was still pretty much exclusively watching DVDs. I was like, Oh yeah, I don't need to go to Blu-ray just like with VHS back in the day. I was like, I don't need to go to DVD. So then I was forced to get a Blu-ray player and, Then I was like, okay, I'll start buying Blu-rays. And I just saw the difference. And now with a lot of these classics, the remastered versions, as I said, some of the films I bought, I wasn't even necessarily a fan of before now rewatching them in all their glory, the 2k or, you know, 4k, whatever, UHD, whatever scans, it's like a whole new movie. And I have a newfound appreciation for certain films that I never even really liked before. Now I'm like, oh, I see how this movie was supposed to be presented. Yep. And it's just a whole different experience. So there we go. My number four moment.
1: So my number four moment is actually going to be, and I do get the two visits that you came down uh, mixed up a little bit, but there was one visit where we met up at Peterson's. Mm -hmm. So the Peterson's grappling gym, we trained there. uh, And basically we ended up training the entire weekend, which included a Tuesday night visit to HOC or a. Thursday night, it was a night visit to HOC. Oh yeah. Where we also got so we we trained it must have been I don't even know how the time frame worked out because of how it was it was the last
0: it was the second new bev screening because that was the one that that was on a a Monday night.
1: That's right. Yeah. So we we trained, I think, at Peterson's on Friday, maybe. Uh trained at the beach, I think, with Herman. It would have been Saturday.
0: Uh uh. No? I came in on that Monday. So we trained that Monday at Peterson's. Uh,
1: there you go. And then we went to the, th- then we uh, ate a bunch of Middle Eastern food, went to the films. Right. And then Tuesday, I think we trained we did, with Herman in the r- morning. Herman in the morning, or we did a run in the morning. And then we went up and trained at HOC with the fighters. Right. That was a really great, uh, great couple of days of training because it's, you know, to be able to kind of train alongside with fighters, actual yes. fighters like yourself and others. It's just, you know, I don't get to do it a lot. I don't get to I, – I prioritize my own health. But to be able to to join you guys for for the ride, so to speak, and it's just – it's a really – Fantastic experience, and I, you know, I walked away with the with a few bruises on my thighs <laughs> from the leg kicks I was taking from uh, some of the people that PD uh, paired me up with. But man, that was a great, great training experience. The pinnacle of training for me this past year.
0: It, that was a really special one for me too, simply because when we got to go to HOC, the House of Champions in Van Nuys, fantastic gym. Check it out, Sensei Mark Para, uh, amazing gym in the valley. You know, I trained out of there for years with PD. And at that time, it was kind of, you know, PD always has taught the fighters, but they didn't really have much of a actual like HOC fight team per se. They had fighters Mm -hmm. training out there like myself and Herman and DC and Vince would come there and train with PD once in a while. But so now on this visit, they have like a legitimate, awesome fight team now. They have three or four guys that are exclusively out of that gym, very talented. And keep in mind, at that point, it had been exactly three years since I had last fought. Cause it's now been almost like three and a half and none of these guys even knew who I was because none of these guys were there at that time. So yeah. they have this whole new team and it's sort of like, Whoa, I'm, th- th- it's cool to see these young guys going at it, you know, under Petey's tutelage under sensei marks tutelage and getting to see the energy in there. I was like, wow, they're, they're in a good place. And I love seeing that. I love training with these guys. So that was, that was a cool experience for me as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you still came back Tuesday night and then left on Wednesday and maybe trained with PD on Wednesday as you were leaving town. That sounds about right. Yeah, it was for me. That was like the pinnacle of training, uh, the pinnacle training experience from the this last year from 2022.
0: Excellent. Okay, so now we're at my number three moment. I'm ready for you. Okay. My number three moment. And it's the whole, the whole viewing experience, not just the film. Cause just the film itself could have been, but everything everywhere all at once. So the funny part is, I think it was Ben Johnson talking about it on uh, the most recent episode of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. So everything, everywhere, all at once. I had my eye on it for a while I think about six months before it came out was when I first read about it. I saw what it was. I was like, or maybe it was when they were first starting to shoot it. I first read it. I'm like, what the heck is this movie? I am down. Then the trailer came out and I'm like, what the heck is this movie? I'm still down. And then after watching it, I was like, what the heck was that movie? I'm blown away. But so I was afraid. So back to the Ben Johnson company movie guide, I was afraid it was going to only be out in theaters for like a week or two. I had to go see it the first week. You know, I, I wasn't going to miss it being in theaters. So at this time, we were still living up in the mountains, up in Murphy's, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where we were for two years. Cause this was about geez, nine months ago. Now I think it was like March when that movie came out. So the really the closest kind of one of the closest quote unquote big cities, but you know, places in civilization was where I grew up, the Modesto area. So I, uh, I'm not sure how it even came about. One of my, my good, good best friends from high school, Colin, who lives in the LA area now he has for years, but he was back in town that weekend and I was like, oh, I'd love to hang out, but I have to go see this movie. It's probably going to be out in theaters. It's playing at, you know, Brendan theaters where we used to go as a kid downtown Modesto, which I, no one really goes to that theater anymore, I guess. But they were playing it there. It was the perfect time. I said, yeah, I, I want to hang out, but I have to go see this movie. And Colin wanted to go see it too. He's like, oh, I've been wanting to see that as well. And uh, Yeah, we better go see it uh, under the assumption that it wouldn't be out in theaters long. Right. Were we wrong? Boy, were we wrong? Because it ended up, having a fantastic theatrical run. But anywho, so not only was Colin in town, another couple of our friends from high school were in town. Then we also reached out to like two or three more that kind of still live in the general area. So we had this big meetup and we're like, all oh, right, where, where should we meet? And I'm like, okay, you know what? I've been wanting some dim sum and I found a dim sum place in Modesto. I never even knew existed. I did a little bit of research and I thought, oh, well, it won't be that good because the restaurant itself, like, like most, you know, American Chinese restaurants, the dinner menu was kind of the stereotypical, not that there's anything wrong with that, but just not necessarily true authentic Chinese food and more of American style. But the dim sum at this place was spot on. Some of the best I've had in America And so we had this big group of like 10 of us. It was Jessica's first time meeting a couple of these friends. My first time seeing a few of these friends in a very long time. You know, some of them live out of state. One of them lives out of the country. Uh And it was just a great reunion. I literally ordered all of the food and each person was like so thankful. They're like, oh, thanks for ordering all the food. Because every time I go to one of these things, it's, you know, everybody tries to order something. They don't know what they're doing. I just kind of took the initiative. I was like, look, I've had dim sum a fair amount of times in Hong Kong. And other places. So I just kind of made the only thing I did wrong was I ordered way too much food, but nobody <laughs> cared because they took it to go because they were hanging out for the whole rest of the day into the evening and they had it at uh-huh. dinner time. So we have this great dim sum that was way better than expected. Then we all went over to the movies afterwards. Colin's uh the my good friend Colin, his family home, his sister and her husband actually and moved into his parents house where he grew up. So we got to go back to Colin's house, which was one of our big hangouts in high school, which was trippy. I'm like, Whoa, you know you don't get to do that often. And it's in walking distance of the theater. So then we went to the movies. We had a killer time. The movie was awesome. We were all blown away. Once again, like, what did I just watch? But I just feel so amazing having just watched it. So yeah, that is uh, one of my top moments of the year. Because the film obviously is, has a ton of great martial arts in it. And it was just a very cool day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and perhaps we can actually have a conversation about the film as the award season uh, comes around. But I would, I would definitely say that, um, okay, I'm going to mirror, I'm going to mirror you a little bit in that, in that aspect from, for me, one of the top martial art moments of the year was the return of the spectacle, the return of the big film.
0: Oh, I like that. Uh,
1: so obviously, wrote a few down here, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. There's no question that that is a big film. And to see a, a film that is so artistically inclined get such a large release and such a prolonged release and also such a large uh, budget. It was fantastic. I'm going to couple that with bullet train and top gun.
0: Nice. All um, amazing choices.
1: All. So basically just the return of the huge spectacle um, and the huge action film, just seeing them on the screen again, feeling, feeling the chills, feeling, feeling all the emotions you feel. And I'm going to add one more film to that, even though it's not quite a spectacle, but I would just say it's, it Was still grandiose, and that's the unbearable weight of massive talent. The Nick Cage film doesn't have a lot of martial arts in it, but it does have uh Nick Cage doing his uh um the, the greeting, you know, the the kung fu salutation, and it does, of course, reference Face Off a lot, which is a John Wu film, and so that is obviously related to our, our realm of what we discussed. But for me, it was. Being able to go see that film twice in theaters uh the first time being with uh with uh my old boss and friend who had come into town to work with the dancers for a week james was in town so we all met up in um uh, in santa monica uh himself uh my co-worker sarah lakey who is now with pacific northwest ballet and myself we all got together watched the film and man it was just great again with these other films to sit in a theater And laugh with an audience and experience the grandioseness of filmmaking, basically like that American Hollywood filmmaking again.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I'm a huge theater goer. It's a special experience for me. It was always a treat when I got to go as a kid. I've always been in love with the cinema. My issue is cinema goers these days, which is just ruining the experience. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I went and saw Violent Night last weekend. Amazing, So fun. But we had obnoxious theater goers to our left and in front of us, in front of us, a group of teenage boys who actually go to my nephew's high school. I'd like to figure out who they are so I can, you know, smack them across the head. But I only knew that because they were wearing the T-shirt of the high school. But same thing on their phones, taking pictures, talking this and that. I eventually yelled at them at the end. And then to our left, though, was a couple with two young daughters, like one as young as five. And they were talking throughout the whole movie, like back and forth. And these kids should not have been seeing this film. It's don't get me wrong. I love the movie, but it's excessively violent and gory. It is not for kids. So you had that going on and they got up and left multiple times. The The dad was like, he'd walk over to get some of their popcorn because they were a few seats. Yeah, it was obnoxious. And I, I just have the worst luck with this. So I need to find, we have a theater in the Fresno area that has those like $25, $30 tickets where it's the VIP experience and you can order mm-hmm. food and stuff. So I may just start doing that because honestly, I can't take that anymore. And I... I, it's just a blatant disrespect for other people. Because I'm like, these aren't cheap tickets even on their own like this. And I'm here not to watch you or listen to you guys laugh over something unrelated to the movie. Text, take pictures, be obnoxious, little kids talking. Like, when I was a kid, you know, it was established the second we got in there, even if it it was still just, you know, the lights were still on, we were whispering. And as soon as the movie started, you only talked if it was an emergency. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, I used to I think there was one movie experience when I was younger. Uh, I went to see uh, Rising Sun with my friend Josh. Oh, nice. And they were speaking some Japanese in the film, of course. So he leans in and he says, What were they saying? And he's whispering and then I'm like trying to get him caught up, but then we're behind the movie the rest of the way. And then finally, I'm like, dude, you you just got to be quiet. (laughs) Like Josh is like, I know, but I don't know what's going on. And like people around us are getting upset. But even then, like we were talking about the film yeah, and it was in that whisper, which always seems like it's louder than regular voices. But yeah, there was, there was sort of a movie etiquette. That doesn't seem to exist right now, unless let's say, I don't know, you go to a theater like New Beverly that enforces like.
0: And that's the way it should be, because the thing is, you have these group of kids in there also without any parental supervision. Not that they should have to have it, but obviously they don't have any manners. So I'm just venting. But anywho, let's move on to the next one. So that was a great number three for you. Correct. The return. So now we're up to number two for you. Yes. Number two. My number two is finding a new dojo.
1: Oh, that's Congratulations. Thank you.
0: So obviously we moved from Murphy's, California up in the mountains, you know, uh, after all the family stuff was resolved, you know, my dad passed a little over a year ago now. So we were still up there for about another nine months after that, uh, due to our lease, due to my job, everything else. So we've relocated to the Fresno area. And so I had to find a new gym and there's a very thriving kickboxing scene here. I'm actually 10 minutes away from, what many might consider one of the best Muay Thai gyms in the country uh, with an amazing instructor. But, and i had been doing my research for months in advance, or I shouldn't say months, I guess a month in advance really when we had decided we were moving here. So I was pretty familiar with all the gyms, kind of the scene. It's very active here. There's a lot of great amateur fight stuff going on. So I, I had done my research and obviously I had, we had gone to, I had gone to see you guys go to the new Beverly screening shortly before my move, saw Petey. Sugarfoot, our sensei, and I said to him, yeah, you know, sensei, I'm thinking about this gym. It's funny, that Muay Tied gym down the street from me, uh, I didn't even know it was going to be down the street from me because we hadn't found a house yet. It's literally uh-huh. 10 minutes away, but they actually, a lot of their fighters now fight against the HOC guys. So, you know, but PD straight up said it didn't matter if I went there, but he just said, because I was like, I, I'm just struggling to find a gym. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. He said, pick the gym that's most excited to have you. So, I did eventually go try that gym. They were very like nice. That. It was cool. And I was like, all right. But you know, once again, it was, hmm. I went and tried another well-established gym in town that actually had the best schedule for me personally. Once again, great training, smaller gym, but a lot of, they have a lot of good fighters out of there too, but really just kind of no reaction. Not that there should be like someone begging me to join the gym, but just no connection, right? Like, I'd even said, Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to once, you know, I figure out my work schedule hundred percent, you know, I think I'm going to sign up and it was just very much like,
1: okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like after you're, after you do a training, one session there, people aren't coming over to like, or you're not, you're not like inspired to go over and like shake hands with people afterwards. Right. It's, it's just like, you're getting done. that
0: outsider mentality, which, you know, sometimes, yep. unfortunately, that's the way it works in fighter gyms. It's like, okay, you know, I've been through that plenty of times. So then one of the gyms I had done a lot of research on that I was intrigued by, but just thought, oh, it's never going to work. It's f- far away from where I live. You know, the schedule doesn't really work, but I liked it because it was an old school. So it was an old school karate, kickboxing, and technically MMA gym. Their background was really authentic, real karate, as you might say, <laughs> with Muay Thai, kickboxing, and stuff like that. I, you know, I'd seen pictures of the dojo. I'd read about the sensei and, you know, what would be... Uh, the main, you know, and his son, who is now one of my teammates and their background, you know, U.S. national karate team, but also Muay Thai and kickboxing. And I'm like, wow, this sounds great. And it sounds similar to our background. It's just never going to work out. But I decided, you know what? I had PD in the back of my head. And I'm like, I better go try it out just to see. Sure enough, from my first session with Sensei Larry at the Budokan Fighting Arts Gym, we just connected. Not only that, I've mentioned it before, he in the 80s, His trajectory is actually very similar to mine or even Sugarfoot's, right? He started off obviously in karate, uh, karate, Wadoru, very high level, very, very good. Even to this day, you can see when he moves, you're like, wow, both his boxing and his karate. When you see him move, you're like, this guy knows what he's talking about, like Sugarfoot. But not only that, he actually trained at the Jet Center, like in the late 80s, early 90s. They would drive down from the Fresno area and go and train there, you know, every once in a while to get in work. He obviously never trained with Petey because Petey at that time was one of like the superstars, but, and and we just connect in all sorts of different levels. Even when I said, oh, I'm a student of Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham. He was like, what? You know, it was, it was really cool. And instantly I was like, you know, this is the gym for me. Even if the schedule (laughs) doesn't work out the way I really like it, I've made it work. And as I get ready to really start fighting it, I'm going to have to really make it work where I'm training late at night there because the fighter classes are really late at night. I've been going kind of to the, really it's a class where I'm kind of the only one that shows up. That's not as late at night. It's technically the intermediate class, but it's great. Like last night when the sparring session was actually at our gym, you know, all the other fighters are there. It's a great group of young fighters on top of that. Like, you know, that get me going. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, they're, they're hungry and they're strong. Like these guys are, they're stronger than me. They're faster than me. They're younger than me. They're hungrier. But you know, I have a little bit of, uh, sage wisdom that I can bring, you know, and it's, it's inspiring for me to get back into it. So that was uh, a big thing for me. I'm, I still may supplement at other gyms as I, you know, get into fight ready mode, but otherwise this is my new dojo I'm training out of. I'm happy to be there. And there's a great team, great fighters, great sensei, great instructors, super excited. So that's my number two. Uh,
1: That's really great. It's nice to it's really special to be able to have a home gym. Yes. You know, and it, you know, we can, everybody has, even if you're not training in martial arts, it's, let's say you're listening to us and you're, you're, Your movie fan, it's great to have that one movie theater that you consider like your home away from home. Yeah. Your dojo, your, your, the, a dojo that's your home away from home, your, your job that you actually love going to or, or, or your coffee shop that you love going to. I'm not saying like a coffee shop is equivalent to a dojo, but you know, for some people who listen, who might be writers, you know, to have that coffee shop where your, where your writing flow just hits. Uh, I'm really happy that you had that breakthrough moment because I know you've been, driving around I mean how many hours have you put on the road throughout the years to get to the Dojos you needed to get to just to just to be able to train mm-hmm. and and stay stay at the point where you wanted to stay and then also to to get into CPD you know I, I mean like you you've put in a lot of time so of for you to find a new home, Dojo is really fantastic.
0: And yeah once again I complain about it being far but no traffic. And if you hit every green light, it's anywhere from 20 to 23 minutes from my house. I'd say the average time is, we'll say, 25, 25 That's not minutes, bad. which isn't bad compared to the 45 minutes I would drive. Well, I would say the average, because when training with Sugarfoot for all those years, the first couple of years, I was, you know, 45 to 50 minutes to get there, an hour to an hour and 15 to get home. That was when he was in Woodland Hills and I was in mid city area. Then when I switched over to downtown and then we were out of House of Champions, it would be like 30 minutes to get there, usually 45 to an hour to get home. So still a great improvement. Well, no, that's
1: fantastic. And uh, so I I guess we're on to my number two. Number two. And and my number two is not going to be as personal as your number two. It's going to be, you know, my number three was about that. Big movie, returning the big movie experience. My number two is about the innovative movie experience that gets delivered to our homes thanks to streaming services. Ah. And so for this, I'm going to pick two films. One, I'm picking probably a little too soon. I should probably marinate on it a little bit before I rank it so high. But we've watched a lot of Japanese films through the year. Uh, through the years, actually. Hydras being, being one of the great ones. Um, Baby Assassins, another fun one.
0: A Janitor. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you hit oh. it on the nose because this year in particular, we've had a, a lot of great Japanese releases.
1: Yes. So for me, uh, obviously, I just finished watching Hell Dogs. I had a lot of fun watching nice. it. Nice. I'm uh, excited
0: to check that out because. Yeah. Uh, not to cut you off real quick, but when it comes to these streaming services, sometimes the algorithms are great. Other times movies will slip through the cracks. And I'm like, how did this never pop up on my recommendations, Netflix? And like Netflix, I'm not talking about Prime, which has this huge, vast library. But I'm talking about Netflix with like a brand new release. It'll tell me, yo, Big Mama's House three is available. I'm like, I never watched Big Mama's House (laughs) one or two. I don't know why you want me to watch that. And then something like that will not get recommended to me.
1: I, it's okay. I, I searched, I knew that there was, I didn't know the name of the film. I ever had remembered seeing the Japanese trailer back in September for it, uh, or August somewhere in late summer, early fall. I searched, uh, for this episode, I searched Netflix for Japanese Yakuza movie, gangster movie, Japanese movies. It didn't pop up. And then scrolling through, uh, Twitter, I think it was Vinny on Twitter recommended Hell Dogs. I'm like, that's the film. And I go in and I type it. I have to type it. It's not even on a top 10 list, but of course, you know, maybe not the whole world streaming it. So it's a, it's a, I streamed it that way. So Hell Dogs, perhaps we'll talk about that in the future. And then uh, Accident Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We both finally watched it this week. Both finally watched it.
1: So, you know, and I think, you know, uh, a lot to be said about the big film. I love the big film experience, but also seeing the, I won't say hell dogs is a straight to streaming. It's straight to streaming in America. Maybe it had a one week, uh, screening somewhere in LA. Same with, uh, accident man, which did have a one week, sc- uh, screening at Lamley, but I wasn't able to get there because it was like a mid afternoon, one o'clock when I'm at work at one o'clock, you know, there was no way for me to slip out. But the point being, I just love seeing the caliber of the straight to streaming finally getting lifted. Uh, and getting these great releases, uh, us getting great films. I mean, the fight sequences in accident, man. We can get into one of these days. But it was just both watching both of those in preparation for this podcast uh, was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And it's just that's a great martial art moment to see to see that level of quality being delivered.
0: Yeah. Accident Man 2 did not disappoint I mean, I love all of Scott Atkins' output, but this film just had, had – it had something special about it. It didn't feel like a low-budget straight-to-streaming. No. Just the cinematography, the the visuals, the setting, the fights, obviously, which the, I – The arcs within the – the story arcs yeah. within
1: the fight. It felt like the the fight sequence between Scott Atkins and Andy Long. Andy Long, Uh The That fight sequence almost felt like – the same arc that uh, Jackie Chan had with and uh, gorgeous with Brad Allen. Yeah, it was you know, yeah, fantastic. most definitely.
0: And I just finally listened I've, yesterday to the episode on the Kung Fu Movie Guide once again with Scott Atkins from a couple weeks ago because they mentioned at the beginning there were spoilers, so I didn't want to listen to it. So I just caught up last night where I got more insight on the film. But yeah, so Scott Atkins. I mean, the choreography was kind of shared some pre-visual stuff that Tim Mann had done prior to the film. They, they took some of that, so some of it was his choreography, but then he wasn't able to work on the film because he had other projects. Scott Atkins did most or all of the fights before that finale, and then they brought in Andy Long to do he and Scott Atkins' fight and Sarah Chang's fight against the grip guy. Yeah. And because they pretty much just couldn't afford to bring him in for the whole time, yet there's still a consistent thread amongst all the fight scenes typically if you have three different guys kind of creating these fights and the visuals but it it doesn't feel that way it just feels very consistent throughout and the fights are amazing and I want to say first of all I mean Scott Scott Akin still has it but he also isn't afraid and I I love this because they talked about this in the episode too he isn't afraid to let others shine and you know if you're as as he said he's you know he's like I'm really good and so if you're better than me, more power to you. And when, when you see someone like Andy Long on screen, holy cannoli, how does that guy move so fast and so good?
1: I, I was actually going to uh, uh, text you as I was watching it. I've never seen a protagonist take a butt kicking like that in an American or Western film, period. Yeah, I'm not sure I can. I I, you know, I, I didn't want to text it because I don't want to like make a false statement before I could really rack my brain over it. Even now, I cannot think. I mean, that was Samuel Hung, Jackie Chan esque, where the protagonist is taking a beating not because they have somebody kidnapped, but because the other actor is outshining them, outperforming them, and then this through the story arc and through through taking a moment for themselves, through essentially. I i mean, I, I keep. I'm sure our listeners might get a little tired of me saying this, but through like. Digging deep through some kind of Bushido training that you have, then the protagonist rises up and meets the challenge of the antagonist. Uh, Because there is that there is that moment of pause where you think it's over. Then he goes essentially like Jackie Chan against Benny the Jet and Spartan X or Wheels on Meals. Another round.
0: Yep. I love it. But I will say this. The person that stole the show for me was Sarah Chang. Wasn't she fantastic? So good. Wow. Her performance. Uh, And I've listened to her on podcasts and stuff before, but just her acting performance, her physicality, my like the way she moves her, her shapes and forms and angles, the authenticity in the Kung Fu and just her comical timing and, you know, doing the Hong Kong accent and everything. She's just was such a joy. Like I was legitimately like smiling and even laughing at some points because she was just so good. You believed her character. She's like the uh, an evolution of the landlady from kung fu hustle. Yes. But like she, a younger, more capable version. Is, so th- this uh
1: this year, so speaking, you know, we always speak about like martial art films, but we you you know and people close to me know that like one of my true loves are uh the Pink Panther movies from when yes. I was growing up with Peter Sellers. <laughs> so that this was a really good year for me because the Nick Cage film uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent, essentially has him doing almost a routine straight out of Inspector Cluzo. Peter Sellers is doing Inspector Cluzo in Revenge of the Pink Panther, where he becomes an Italian mob boss. And then Accident Man 2 has Sarah Chang essentially uh, doing Cato, And Scott Atkins doing Inspector Clouseau, where she is hired to jump him at any point in time to hone his talents and make him sharper. Uh, And it's done comedically uh, the same way it was handled in in the Pink Panther films. So, on a personal note, maybe this is a 2A favorite martial art moments of the year, is that there was this Inspector Clouseau... Peter Sellers homage thread going through so many films and it spoke to me. I don't know if it spoke to anybody else, but it was, I felt like these were made for me. And thank you very much. When
0: I was watching, cause we watched it on the same day. I uh, it was a Thursday. I watched it for you. You were like 15 you. minutes ahead yeah. of me. That was the first thing I thought of is like, Oh, Kevin's going to love this. Uh, yeah. but a yeah. final note on that. And in her final fight was some of the best, Kung Fu, I had seen on screen in a long time. Andy Long's choreography with her was so great. The way it combined her, you know, traditional kung fu style, but in a modern setting, you know, she wasn't always doing straight traditional uh, shapes and strikes and stuff, but for the most part, the way she flowed, it was such a great combination of the two. I would love to see her star in something under the direction of Andy long because the way they, the two of them work together was just, she looked so good. And yeah, that's my final note on that. Yeah. But great, was, great choice. And yeah, this streaming, as much as we love physical medium and, uh, going to the movies streaming also offers us the chance to see films that maybe would somehow slip past our radar. Absolutely. And, and I will say like Lamley theaters, if you are listening
1: when you start, when you throw on action films, like, and you're only going to give them one screening a day, can you do it a little after the nine to five shift? You Por know? favor.
0: Please. Please. All right. Okay. My number one moment, which I'm thinking might be your number one moment. It might be. Was the <laughs> Jet Lee slash Michelle yes. Yeo double. Oh, I shouldn't say Jet Lee. It was technically the Michelle Yeo double screening. Michelle Yao. Yeah. Michelle Yao is oh. our... Uh, announcer put it. The Michelle Yeo double screening at the New Beverly Cinema, which, and it was the Michelle Yeo slash Yuen Wu Ping double screening, technically. Yes. Of Twin Warriors, aka Tai Chi Master, aka, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's another title, Jet Li, Michelle Yeo, uh, Chin Siu Ho, uh, directed by Yuen Wu Ping. And then the second film, Wing Chun, also directed by Yuen Wu Ping, starring Michelle Yeo, Donnie Yen. And this was our. first screening at the New Beverly in a while.
1: Mm -hmm. In fact, we we were hopped up on Turkish
0: coffee. Oh, yeah. So let's break it down. It was back in March. I took a day off from work to go to the screening. So I flew in Friday morning from Sacramento. So I woke up from... Because I forget why... Oh, I couldn't stay at my sister's house in Sacramento because my nephew was sick and he was home for some reason from college. So I... Woke up at 5 a.m., I think, from my house. Drove to Sacramento, which with no traffic at that, maybe like hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes to the airport. Got to the airport. Flew into Burbank. You picked me up in Burbank. We arrived right. Perfect timing for us to drive back up to Santa Clarita, about 30 minutes from uh-huh. Burbank Airport, to train with Sugarfoot. We got yes. an amazing training session in there. Then we went from there. We decided, you know what, might as well just go to the New Beverly area because we didn't really have enough time the way LA traffic works to go back to your house and so forth. I don't think we did, right?
1: We we thought we might
0: not. Yeah. And then we we probably almost could have. But instead, we, we had some
1: really good food.
0: We went to the place next door to the New Beverly, which is kind of a Middle Eastern food place. And as Gavin said, we were hyped up on Turkish coffee. It was really good. Uh and then we ended up staying and eating snacks there but we always we kind of just snacked because obviously we needed food after our training but also we always get popcorn at the movies i always say i'm not i'm like no i'm good you're like yeah, i think i'm going to get us some popcorn i'm like no i'm good then you bring out the popcorn i'm like thanks man i always <laughs> yeah. end up chowing down i think we may have got two popcorns you got hot dog a hot dog we got yeah. drinks but It was just such a great double screening. I hadn't watched Tai Chi Master, aka Twin Warriors, in forever. So it was so cool to see it in the original uh, Cantonese audio version, which I never watched. And just seeing it up on the big screen was amazing. Wing Chun also had been years since I had seen that film. So it was just a great return to the new Beverly. Because I'm trying to think, what was the last film we had gone to see before that? Because... Obviously nothing in 2020, but didn't we see something in 2021?
1: I th- I think so. We had to, because yeah. wasn't there, there was a, what, what screen did we run it? Yes. Because your friends came down and we took a photo outside. Right. I don't remember what that was, but, it, uh, but, but. I mean, obviously, obviously the, the top of our list is the same thing. It's that it's, it's all surrounds a screening. So we'll, we'll we'll just, both jump in on this, but yeah, I like we were, we were snacking like crazy, not like crazy, but you know, we're snacking and then there's the food sequence in Tai Chi master. Oh man. I,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we both wanted some Chinese food. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the screenings were amazing. And then the next day, you and I, I remember we did morning training. And then I honestly can't remember what we did the whole rest of the day because we didn't record the podcast like we were going to. But I feel like we did something that night.
1: So Sunday you flew out, right? Sunday is when we went to
0: train with Herman at Balboa Park.
1: Did we train with Herman on Saturday at the beach?
0: Yes. There we go. So that's what we did. We did beach training on Saturday with Herman, and then yep. we must have just hung out the rest of the day. I mean, we always have a good time, so I can't even recall what we did exactly.
1: Oh, we, we did we watch a movie? I, I think we did a run Uh uh-huh. in the morning. We went down to Marina Del Rey. Right. Came back oh, up. that's right. That's And then we... Then we went to see uh, Herman at uh, Will Rogers Beach. That's right. And I think we did watch a movie in between and then a movie after. And then we're texting with Petey about like when we're going to meet up with him on Sunday. And then we went to Balboa Park. Because yeah, and, and long then- story short,
0: <laughs> Petey didn't leave San Diego till the time he was supposed to be meeting up with us. So we ended up going to Balboa Park, uh, Herman, us, and then his friend Chris. And we just trained in the park, did some great technical training. Yep. I actually had, uh, some bruised ribs. I remember from the kickboxing gym I was training out of in Sacramento area at the time. So, uh, it was, you know, the perfect kind of pace because my ribs actually felt fine. But then I trained so hard the two days before I had kind of re aggravated it. So we had some great training, just outdoors in the park, Doing some boxing, doing some kickboxing, and then you drop me off at the airport. And- yeah, we, well, we did Republic of Pie. Oh, that's right. And then
1: we then we hit Portos, where you gotta you got a couple things for Jessica. That's right to bring back hit, to
0: her. Yeah, hit that airport,
1: and I forget what weekend it was. It must have been something special because there were like so many cars just oh, like trying to get right. into the airport.
0: It was packed. Maybe but- it
1: was because it was must have been near spring break, and also like people were starting to travel again but it was packed.
0: Yeah, it was it was just a great weekend all around too. It, was. it was my first time kind of getting out of Murphy's that whole area since, you know, the end of 2021 with my dad's passing and dealing with all that and so it's just a great Since returning to normalcy for me, getting to see you guys, getting to train with Sugarfoot, even though we only got to train with him once. One training session with him is worth, you know, a million with somebody else. The double screening, which ended up being awesome. Both the movies delivering 100 percent. Us getting to hang out all weekend. Great beach weather. That was my number one martial arts moment of the year. Uh, Likewise. So uh, we're excited. uh, Head uh, heading into the new year. This episode will be dropping. I'm going to probably drop it two days after Christmas since most people have Boxing Day off. Yeah. Uh, So I'll probably be dropping it off, uh, dropping it on the Tuesday after Christmas. So then the next episode will be the new year. And we're excited for 2023. We're expanding the podcast. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get a YouTube thing up since uh-huh. that's a high demand. Everyone and even some of my friends, kind of in the business, are like, "You need the visual, dog. You got it." And I was like, "Well, I was thinking like six, seven months. Like, no, just start recording. Like, you know, get I the mean, channel onto YouTube. People like it. Yeah.
1: Can you can you blame them? No. Look at us. Look at us.
0: It's 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 hard not to like us.
1: Hey, we got we got clean laundry." Hanging behind both of us. Come on.
0: Yeah, this is true. Actually, a hundred percent. So I would definitely need to figure out my recording situation. But well,
1: I, you know, I, I, there are a lot of people who just who still record on Zoom. This and is they true. Still, and they still post those. And you know what? I do. I do enjoy watching their reactions. You know that um, this this is very this is. I think so much more does get communicated through the visual of each of us, like where we're nodding our head, where we're smiling. You right. Know, so yeah. The fans want to see the smiles. The fans going to get the smiles. You're going
0: to get the smiles, man. Anywho. Yeah. So <laughs> that's going to be coming up in the new year. I'm going to be hopefully stepping back into competition. No, not hopefully I am stepping back into competition. Uh, hopefully I would, I would love to exclusively stick with like K one rules, but you know, obviously I'll probably have to take a couple Muay Thai fights, nothing big. Once again, I am just, an amateur fighter. I fight amateur and pro-am competitions. So I'd like to make a final run of it, show that I still got it. I still feel I got it. I want to do a final run of it. Uh, Because quite frankly, as much as I I love training, you know, training to be a fighter also takes up a lot of time. So I'm looking forward to kind of big commitment. Yeah. Closing that chapter of my martial arts journey and then focusing more on this The podcast focusing on maybe us getting involved in film projects of some sort, whether it's writing, producing, probably not in front of the camera as much as, you know, that might be fun, but really just. I mean, there's not enough money to pay us to do all of
1: it. Come on, man.
0: But no, really, there is. Please. (laughs) But anywho. Yeah. So big things coming in 2023. Really excited. Obviously, a lot of our friends of the podcast have big things coming up. So we'll be sharing that. I I have a feeling 2023 is going to be a really big year all around. Things are kind of quote unquote, finally going back to normal. Yep. I mean, I feel like this year, a lot of stuff did go back to normal, but next year I I feel we're really going to get that sense of normalcy back and it'll just be awesome to see where we go from here. Sounds
1: good. And then Speak it and so it shall be.
0: Speak it and so it shall be. So last real quick language corner, what I will leave us with, and then you can say it in Japanese, I will say it in Chinese, I will say Happy New Year. And once again, this is literally the new year, not Chinese New Year. So very simple. Xin Nian Kuai Le! Xin Nian Kuai Le! Yeah, Xin as a new, Nian as in year. Kuai Le! So Xin Nian Kuai Le! I like it. Xin Nian Kuai Le! How do you say it in Japanese?
1: what the heck
0: why can't, why does it have to be so long
1: <laughs> so ake is like it's so I'll say ake is the first part of the word the second part of the saying is Omedetou gozaimasu. gozaimasu is congratulations Akemashite is the opening congratulations on it opening up so mm-hmm. New year's opening
0: there's not a shorter version uh, not really okay you go ahead and say it one more time for us Akemashite.
1: I'm gonna work on that.
0: All right. But the Chinese one's so much easier. It's literally Anime, it, new, it's, it's, year 新, new Year happy. New Year happy. Xin like Xin is a new Nian is year. Kuai la is happy. Xin Nian I like it. Yeah. And then when we get to Chinese New Year, uh, we'll do an episode and I'll go over a lot of the different greetings. But and you could still say Xin Nian Kua Chinese New Year too because it literally just means. New Year Happy. So, everybody, uh, I'm just, obviously, I'm teaching this in advance because last week I did not do Merry Christmas uh, in Chinese, which I should have done. So, this, this is a preemptive before the New Year. You will know how to say it in case you are with any of your Japanese or Chinese friends. Excellent. Yeah. So, anywho... Have a, have a great one. you this, as well. This, my friend. This has been fun. the festivities kind of begin. once again, this episode will be dropping on Tuesday instead of Monday, but we'll be recording next week and I will catch you later, my man.
1: sounds good. Adios.
0: Adios.